A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long with a bunch of demons. believe that human beings are demons. No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. <laughs> There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but... God is in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. <laughs> To re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are gods by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's the Victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme law. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. So put your trust in the sovereign risen king, who doesn't owe you one cotton picking thing. And yet he still promises to furnish his disciples, but we take what he's created and we turn him into idols. I'll never back down, so how can I keep it in? But you'll never see me preaching the sin of TBM. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 13 of The Master's Dog. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. Master's Dog is a podcast that I do in uh, response to whether it's videos or just false teachers and so on. It's my uh, time where I take anything absolutely theological. My main podcast, let me tell you, I really talk a lot about um politics and current events this is where i literally take false teachings um and refute them and so we are getting into today is a part two of a video that uh, saints unscripted did uh, a couple weeks back maybe even just a little over a week ago uh discussing the similarities or lack of similarities or kind of similarities or identical issue uh portions of the LDS uh, temple endowment ceremony and um, Freemasonry's initiation ceremony. So we got about through a little over 13 minutes of the video. I kind of got a little heated and figured it was time to just stop. Um, but I did want to come back in and finish out uh, the last 10 minutes or so 
of their video. Um, uh, Brett McDonald, I believe, is a guy who runs a, a podcast or a YouTube channel called LDS Truth Claims. And David Snell from Saints Unscripted uh, are just having a conversation. So I'll put the link to episode 12 uh, in the description so you can go back. If you haven't seen that, pause this, go back, watch the Master's Dog episode 12. Or if you're listening to the podcast online, um, Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, uh, pause this, go back and grab episode 12. It'll give the rest of the context to what we're talking about here and then come back and jump in um, and finish this one up. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump back in. Uh, we are at about 13 minutes. Uh, I hope I'm actually still there. Nope, it doesn't look like. Uh, let's find our 13 I think we are at, oh, that's good, 13, 16. So we're going to go ahead and jump back in here and make sure we take that off. Pause, and here we go. David and Brett discussing uh, endowment ceremonies and Freemasonry. Why didn't the early saints have a problem with this? And one of the uh, claims that I've heard is that, oh, well, Masonry comes from Solomon's Temple, uh, therefore, it's not unreasonable to think that uh, the Latter-day Saint endowment and masonry come from the same ancient source. Uh, but scholarship has since uh, proven that masonry did not does not go that far back. It goes back to 15th, 17th century BC or something like that, right? And so the question is, um, what do we? Well, what is the question with that? That's a good point. What is the question with that? And in reality, what the question should be is, um, why is supposedly a ceremony that God gave to Joseph Smith that apparently was supposed to have been, according to Smith and others, has was happening in the temples, why would it come from and have so many exact uh, um portions and very similar portions to something that did not start until the 15th century or so that would be my question but that's just me <laughs> no I, I i i tend to agree i mean um the early saints joseph was wrong about lots of stuff i mean he thought people lived on the moon um he thought the book of mormon was a trans he thought it related to the whole continent right um like he translated the darn thing, and he had, didn't really read it well enough to understand that it was like a very small, you know, they're walking like the entire land takes like six days to walk through, right? Like it's yeah. not. I okay, notice the things that he's saying about Joseph Smith. Now, when I was a Mormon, nobody would ever think to, to accuse or, or acknowledge the fact that Joseph Smith got anything wrong. Because that absolutely negates his call as a prophet. His claim to be a prophet is totally nullified by these things that he got wrong. No, people don't live on the moon, but he sure preached that. Um, no, the, the, I mean, there's not even a portion of the land of the, the new, um, of the North American continent that, that matches up with the Book of Mormon. There, there's no portion of it. It was all made up. And yeah, he thought it covered the whole thing. So, you know, he's saying he translated it, but didn't read it really well. And, and these things are just swept under the rug. And this is the problem that I have. Because 
10 years ago, 20 years ago when I left the Mormon church and 10 years ago, none of this would have been, I mean, the, the, the conversations that are had with Mormons were so much different 10 years ago than they are today because the, the, these neo-Mormon apologists are just, uh, you know, sweeping everything under the rug. Well, it's not really a big deal that Joseph Smith got a whole bunch of stuff wrong and that he used, um, you know, bad sources to create bad scripture, but we're still going to uh, accept them as scripture and so on. I mean, it, it, it's mind-boggling that they would make these statements and yet still follow this man and bear testimony that they believe this man was a prophet when he absolutely fails the test of a prophet. So um, he's wrong about lots of things. Um, and I think he was wrong about the ancient nature. I think a lot of most people were about the ancient nature of, of masonry as a whole. I, you're right. We can't trace it back anywhere close to, to Solomon's temple. Um, so, so again, the, the question is not, is he wrong about the origin of masonry? Sure. He could have been wrong. Um, the, the question then is again, um, does it matter? Does it matter if he was wrong about the origin of masonry? Did he take things from masonry that were wrong to be been, been taken? Well, maybe. And we've changed a lot of things in the temple ceremony too, right? So, mm -hmm. so it could be that um, is there a, is there a perfect temple initiation rite? Is that is that possible? Does that matter? I I don't even think the idea of perfection. I cover this in one of my lectures is a greek and terrible idea that we should discard in in general it, it's always an ongoing process we just recently made i think wonderful changes um that you, you know I, I are kind of specifically focused on uh women and um and their role and 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 how they communicate with the divine um and actually many of the things that were closest in, in similarity to masonry um for example um you know uh there would be um, penalties for disclosing of secrets, which the the original endowment had, uh, have been removed. Fellowship have been removed. So, so I, I guess I. Okay, so again, we come back to the issue that all of this was supposedly given to Joseph Smith by God through revelation, and now it's all been changed. And 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 again, the way they they talk about this, it's just nothing it's a nothing burger oh yeah you know these things that were supposedly eternal and and parts of the the true and everlasting gospel um have been changed and and manipulated and may not have come from the right places and he may have take, taken things from places that were wrong and all of these statements about joseph smith indicate that he is a false prophet and is not worthy of honor, is not worthy of following, and the entirety of Mormonism falls. The entire restored gospel falls with the failure of Joseph Smith to be an actual prophet, because then it's all a fabrication. I would see it as like, um, again, taking it from a person that um, believes in in Joseph's uh, prophetic gift, I would say, look, he had an encounter with something that he thought was ancient. As a response to that, he receives revelation and produces a version of the endowment, which is then improved upon over time or changed over time. And we can, and hopefully we're getting rid of the things that, you know, that, that maybe were, you know, totally man-made. Um, and, but again, that's not the issue. The issue is... That absolutely is the issue. 
Because if there were things that supposedly were man-made in this endowment ceremony that was supposed to be given to him by God, and yet it took how long before God went, oh, yeah, no, that's not supposed to be in there. You claim a succession of prophets from Joseph Smith to Russell Nelson that have always been in communication with God. And why would God not immediately correct his prophets why would he not have immediately corrected joseph why would he not have corrected this through brigham or joseph felding smith or lorenzo snow or any of these other guys that that came in the line of succession of supposedly prophets that uh are not able to lead the sheep astray according to ezra tap benson's uh, 14 fundamentals of the prophet speech why this absolutely is the issue because this lends towards whether or not Joseph Smith was actually a prophet or not. And you should hear this, and it should, if you are LDS, it should cause you to run. Because this meant you are following a false teaching from a false prophet who gave a false gospel, gospel received from a false Christ and a false God. Bottom line, all of it is a fabrication if Joseph Smith's uh, prophetic gifting as Brett says does not stand up to scrutiny and it does not stand up to scrutiny he has as as, as much of a, a succession rate a success rate as Miss Cleo and she may have a better success rate than Joseph did his his calling his gifting as a prophet fails on multiple levels on this issue on the book of abraham on the entirety of the book of mormon on all the the different revelations given in doctrine and covenants of which maybe five can actually be looked at and said they actually are fulfilled his prophetic gifting as they call it fails is proven wrong on every point that they continue to make in this video. Are elements of it historical, and can we find them in the tradition of, of ancient times, right? If we can't, if, if he says, look, I got this, and this was had anciently, and nothing matches up. We don't find hand claps. We don't find signs and tokens. We don't find the Washington anointing. If we don't find the bridal chamber, we don't find anything, right, in any ancient source. Well, then I think it's a fair question to say, well, you know, he thought it was ancient from from the from the Masons. He was incorrect, and and therefore it was it was made up. But you then you you're, again you're conf do not hear what you just said, because what you just said is true. He he thought it was from ancient times, and he took it from the Masons, and he was wrong, and therefore it is made up. I mean, you gave some examples of anointings that don't even go together from the 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 lectures of Cyril of Jerusalem. You gave some examples there of putting together portions of lecture number 20 and 21 without giving the context in the middle and understanding that, that one is talking about baptism and the other is talking about anointing. You took these and you put these together and this is the only example you give. You don't give any example of ancient uh hand clasps and tokens and signs and bridal rooms or anything like that there is no bridal room 
in the in Solomon's temple. There, there's no indication of handshakes or five points of, of fellowship between the veil. There's never anything in any situation, an interaction between a human being and a human being through that veil. The only thing that goes through that veil is a high priest into the Holy of Holies to perform sacrifices, which are not done in the LDS temples. And then if he's, if he's lucky enough to live, he comes back out, and if he's not, if he doesn't do something to, to <laughs> cause himself to drop dead in the temple, and and then comes out, and then the next year someone else does it. None of the the things that are done in the LDS temple can be found in antiquity. Can be found in ancient times. Can be found back to the time of Solomon or Jesus or or any of those things. At least nobody's given me any proof of that. And I've looked it up. I don't find it. Again, your your anointings go back to the 4th century. Nothing before that. You keep making statements as late as the 4th century. But we don't have anything before that. We don't have any indication that these, the way that the anointings, you have one person who gives an example of anointings being done on the, the, the head and the eyes and the nostrils and the other senses and the breast. You've given none of that. And we can't find any of that in the Bible or in any part. If this was something that was absolutely done, we would see that. But it's not there. Confronted with this this problem, if you're of that that idea, and that is, we find this stuff anciently. So what do you do with that? Uh, again, he has to just get enormously lucky. You got to He just gets. Yeah. He's it, enormously lucky. It, it seems like a lot of people put a lot of weight on those uh, those similarities that we find, while completely ignoring the things that aren't similar with Freemasonry that he totally nails. But that, again, that is the nature of, of looking for plagiarism. No, plagiari no person who plagiarizes something just gives the entire thing. The, the, the clever plagiarist, which Joseph obviously was, will take bits and pieces and stuff and then mix in and change and do. And so you're saying, well, you know, he got a lot of things very similar, but you're ignoring the things that he got that were nowhere near. Well, I don't care about the stuff that is nowhere near. I'm concerned with the things that are verbatim, word for word, and then absolutely very similar. And and the stuff that is not similar doesn't mean that the rest of it is true. It, it's, it's a deceptive argument that they are making. I don't even know if I can call it a straw man or a red herring or what it is. It's... it's it is a, a it's a a poor argument that they are making that well because there's a lot of stuff that is not similar at all we should just ignore the stuff that is identical or very similar it's a bad argument and i just think it's a yeah i think it's a red herring it's similar to the debate we get into quite frankly with like uh, the book of abraham right and and i cover this as well like the, the critics, and I'm fine to have the argument and the debate, it's interesting, I guess, um, you know, debating the proper interpretation of the facsimiles, for example, right? Um, and I point out, like, that does, that's not even answerable because of, you know, the way that facsimiles are used between 
the vast time differences like like what is testable in it is absolutely testable we have egyptologists who have taken those facsimiles and have said this is what everything on this facsimile means and none of it absolutely none of it matches up with what joseph smith said they meant it's absolutely testable what are you talking about we have people who are educated in that, who can take these facsimiles, who say, no, this has nothing to do with Abraham or anything else like this. This is a book of the funeral. This is a book of the dead for a guy named Horus. And nowhere in this was it about Abraham being on a, an altar about to be uh, sacrificed by a, a priest and an angel of the Lord hovering over him. It was a dead man about to be embalmed by a priest wearing the head of Anubis and blah 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 so we know and this is absolutely testable again the statement that this man is making is an outright lie it is an outright lie and deceptive to say that none of this is testable oh well over time and da 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 no we have egyptologists who are very knowledgeable who have taken this and said this is absolutely not the book of abraham none of this was written by his own hand and so now we go, oh, well, Joseph looked at this and then he just got the idea and the, the book of Abraham came to him and it wasn't necessarily from this. Well, why do the facsimiles have points in this where it is written out? This is what this means. They're, they're smoke and mirrors is all this is smoke and mirrors in the book of Abraham. Well, what's testable is the knowledge that he produces about Abraham that says this is. You know, this is what Abraham went through. This is, you know, this is the story. And then it shows and later up. Tradition, and later traditions that show up in the Testament of Abraham and ancient sources. That's what's testable. So it's similar to this. We're never going to, you want to debate the similarities? Great. I, like, I don't care, right, quite frankly, right? I, I just don't. Like, it, it, like there, there's, I could go through all the similarities and go through all the differences. Again, that's not testable to me because, you know, you're right. Maybe he copied 80% of it, but if I can find 80% of it, which I'm not saying it, that's the that's not accurate, but if I can find all that in ancient sources, then what does that mean? So, um, again, I, I think oftentimes we, we are... So if you copied 80% of it, and you can only find 5% of it in ancient sources, then you're still trying to say that this is accurate. And this is kind of what you're doing. And I mean, whether or not, I mean, maybe he copied 20% of it, and you find 2% of it. In, in ancient sources and so on still does not make it right and this is the, the case you're making well if he copied this and some of it was true then all of it is okay no it's absolutely not this is still plagiarism this is still stealing something to create something that it wasn't and and okay maybe he got lucky is it this is your 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 standard for your profit that he got lucky this is, this is ridiculous. They're talking about the wrong thing, and I think that's on purpose, quite frankly, from, from those that, that maybe have criticisms. Um, I, for example, I've, I've never found one critic that will engage me on the Book of Enoch. The Book of Enoch is the most testable, you know, testable thing about Joseph Smith's prophetic gift, most testable thing we have. He says, here's the Book of Enoch. We had no access to the Book of Enoch. It's 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 talked about in the Bible, and then we find versions of the Book of Enoch. You know, since then, um, we can't do that with the Book of Mormon. We can't do that with the Book of Abraham, where we because we, we don't have the source source documents. Well, here we have prof 
purported source documents for the Book of Enoch, and he's claiming to put forth the Book of Enoch. I've not once seen a rationalistic explanation for the Book of Enoch, not even once, not even tried by, by a critic. Well, here, I'll tell you what, because one, we do have the source documents for the Book of Abraham. The, the papyri were found that he supposedly translated the Book of Abraham from with drawings of the, the Kirkland Temple on it. And so we know they're the ones that he had. And we know that they are false. So they're that source material. And yeah, the angel took the gold plates back to heaven. So we don't have a source material for the Book of Mormon. Um, conveniently. Again, that's that's such a ridiculous story. I mean, why they were never they didn't come from heaven, so why would they be taken to heaven? And, again, just mind boggling stupidity. And and here's what I I, I promise for you, uh, Brett McDonald. I'm going to research the Book of Enoch from Joseph, what he produced in the in there, and to the actual Book of Enoch, and and we'll see. I'll challenge you. I'll come and I'll come and, and challenge this, because again, nobody's giving me anything to say that there are identical or vast similarities between what Joseph presented as the Book of Enoch and what we have found in you know, whether how wherever we found these books of Enoch. I'm going to look into it. I'm, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to do the research and then I'll get back to you on that. So, so the reason I started LDS Truth Claims is that we don't teach our tradition correctly. We don't, we don't teach this stuff from a young age. Um, and so I started with the positive case and then I went to the negative case because oftentimes all we're doing is dealing with, with the negative stuff and, and we don't have a clue about the positive stuff. And it's, again, for a reason. Who's bringing this up? Who is the initiator, right, of, of these conversations? And you can't just let people walk all you know, over you. Yeah, you, you got to have so, so. So again, I, I think it's the wrong question. I, I don't think it. I don't think it matters. You know what similarities there are. Again, I think it's interesting, but I don't think it matters. Interesting and and relevance are two different things. So here, it, why would it not matter? I can't. I can't. I can't fathom the fact that it does not matter. You have someone who has claimed to be a prophet. And he has stolen things from other places that have proven to not be true. And it doesn't matter. It, so again, it, you're, you're really, really good at not letting facts get in the way of your feelings. Right? You're not, you're not going to let, let a, a few uh, silly things like facts goof up your, the, what you absolutely have mindlessly decided to follow thanks it's interesting it's not relevant to the question of was joseph smith uh, you know a prophet in this regard absolutely it's relevant to whether or not joseph smith was a prophet it goes directly to the the prophetic gifting and whether or not he was actually a prophet of god so either your prophet is flawed or your god is flawed I would say both. That's a lot to think about. Yeah, because what you've done is you've challenged some of the very foundational uh, principles that, that this argument is based on, that being revelation and how revelation works and, you know, does this matter, does this not matter? Um, and so I think that's a lot, a lot for people to chew on. Um, for people that... Um, are struggling with this, which there's a lot. Um, 
what do you think would be the just just to kind of wrap this up what do you think would be the the nugget of wisdom that you would give them or the nugget of advice as they look at this uh this quote unquote problem that is presented to them by critics um it's the same heuristic i would uh i would offer for any particular criticism And and the heuristic i think some follows this pattern Slow down is the first thing, okay? Oftentimes you're going a, a little too fast, your mind's whirling because the first time I've heard of plug me or whatever, right? So slow down, go back to first principles of, uh, if most people don't understand first principles, so I heard you guys talk about epistemology and that's great, that's the first thing I start with, with my lectures. Um, I, this is so super self-serving, but I don't like make money on YouTube, but watch all my lectures, like watch the 30 hours of the positive case. And then we can discuss if you have more issues, right? Put in the work though. Like people say, I I talk to critics all the time and I I challenge, there's all these people that left the church and they'll be like, like Jeremy Runnels, he wrote that CES letter, right? right? It's like fanciful, but he's like, I put in thousands of hours of reading and I'm like, (laughs) and I'm honestly dumbfounded. What did you read? Because they, they haven't read anything that I have read, right? So, like, don't – you have to – again, there's lots of now good sources, and I try and I put down all the stuff if you want to read, right? I, I have 30 hours of lecture, but if you want to read the source material, I have it all right there for you. So you got to go slower, go back to first principles, and then work through problems in a rational way and not taking – the hidden assumptions that people are giving you for granted, and that's what they've just done, right? They've given a, you a hidden assumption. If there's similarities between the revealed endowment and, mis- and the Masonic endowment, which we know is of recent origin, then it must be false. That's an assumption. It's hidden oftentimes, right? And you have to go be underneath that. And when, so you have and to go slower. At, we're good at giving ourselves those same those hidden assumptions as well, like when it comes yeah. to revelation. Or, or those are absolutely not the hidden assumptions. When you take a picture of the endowment and the identical issues and very similar issues that are in the, that's not a hidden issue. That It's not. The hidden things that you're trying to pull out is like, well, just look at all the things that are nowhere near similar. Just look at that stuff. I mean, there's so much other stuff that is nothing, not even close. It's stupid. Literally is stupid. It's not hidden issues. It's not. Or not hidden assumptions or whatever. What I didn't even remember the, the term he used. These are the things that are right out there in the open. And should be looked at and should be examined. Yeah, there's lots of things that we in the, the church, right, I think have uh, totally mistaken. That, and that's, you know, it, it, is, it is what it is. So um, go slow. Start at the beginning. Reach out to people that you know that maybe have gone through it and have resources. Find the right resources, um, and 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 then you and you can work through it. Um, it it only takes time and effort. It really does. And if people want shortcuts in this stuff, um, it just doesn't it just doesn't work. And and you know and, and that's how that's why the critics kind of get away with stuff is they can they can make a bite sized thing and if if you're not willing to put in the work and understand the hidden assumptions and where it's coming from and all that kind of stuff, right? Which they're, then, then you might be confused. Brett McDonald, thank you so much for joining us. I really hope that whatever concept of a new 
Alright, we're going to finish that up and we're just going to shut that down. So, again, I would actually agree with the last statements that he said. I would say if you are uh, presented with these things, and I'm talking to my LDS friends right now, the two of you who may watch this video. If you're presented with these things, absolutely slow down. Absolutely slow down and look into it. But look at all of it. Don't just look at the things that he's read that are the positive case. Look at all the information. It's exactly what I had to do. And when I started looking at everything, not just the anti stuff and not just the pro stuff, but when I looked at everything and then weighed the facts, and I've made this statement before, and I'll make it again, and I know it offends so many people, but if you have, if, if, if you believe in something wherein there is very little or no evidence for it we can call that faith faith is the the substance of uh, the the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things unseen we can have faith and we can call it faith if if we believe in something that that there's just not a whole lot of evidence for or um so on but when you have a belief in something that has mountains of evidence piled up against it that's just sheer stupidity. I mean, it's one thing to believe something that, that just can't be proven or doesn't have evidence for it. But when you believe something, when the evidence is there that proves that it's false, Book of Abraham, the endowments, the Book of Mormon, all the things that have been, have been proven to be fraudulent, if you really will just look these things have been proven to be false. And if you continue to believe in that, I mean, if, if you could come to me and show me how, how Christianity is, is absolutely false and put up evidence upon evidence upon evidence against it, it would be silly for me to continue to believe in it. But one, that has never been done. The evidence just isn't there or not solid evidence. You know, I don't look at evolution as an, a solid evidence evidence because there's no evidence for it. You know, people who believe in evolution are exercising faith because it's something that has no evidence for it. But the evidence is there against Mormonism, against Joseph Smith as a prophet, against the Book of Mormon as a as the most correct book of any book, as the Book of Abraham as actually even being a a, a legitimate book. The evidence is there against it, and to continue to believe it is just stupid. And I'm sorry if you find that offensive, but it's it's true. And I can't I can't I can't present it any other way. And for my Christian friends who are watching this, again, we have got to be out and sharing the gospel with our LDS friends and our LDS neighbors and our LDS co-workers. We've got to be sharing the gospel with them and praying that God will grant them the gift of repentance, grant them a regenerate heart, uh, turn them from their sin, and begin to show them the truth. We pray for that, but we have to start by sharing the gospel with them. Who Jesus is, what Jesus did, how we are saved. We have to share that with them. And we have to be consistent and unwavering in it when we do.
And as always, we have to preach the gospel at all times. Use words, because they are necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.